In the time of the coronavirus, another fever is spreading, the desire to help others. Keith Brennan of Kasasa explains how he's doing it. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bankadelic. Here we are in our basement bunker recording studio in beautiful downtown Chicago. And today on the podcast, we have... Keith Brennan. Keith is the Chief Marketing Officer of Kasasa, an award-winning financial technology and marketing provider. They're based in Austin, Texas, one of my favorite places. And based there, Kasasa assists more than 900 community financial institutions in establishing long-lasting relationships with consumers residing in their local markets through its branded retail products, world-class marketing capabilities, and expert consulting. Keith, Welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to talk to you guys. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the Kasasa Exchange, your free content platform, and what's involved there. It sounds like it's a really wonderful collection of things that can make a difference in financial services. Now, tell us about it. You literally know 100% of the community banks and credit unions and who runs them. I don't really need them to gate content for interest. I know they're interested in it, and we know who they are. So we sort of flipped the content model around with the Kasasa Exchange, and we do have a blog, but it's not blog content. We refer to this as more episodic, bingeable content. And so what we end up doing is if you look in the upper right-hand corner of the exchange, there's multiple episodes, right? And each one will cover specific topics. And what we try to do is we'll release a body of research, because we do a ton of like first-party research. So a ton of research. We have, like you said, 900-ish clients and multiple services. So we pull some of that research from what we see their behaviors as, some from direct consumer research. And we publish that in everything from an infographic to a podcast to trends in the industry and even best practices that allow institutions, whether they're our client or not, to just understand what's going on around them and how to get better at their role. I'll give you a really good example. This very current today to COVID response. We're using the exchange and publishing some brand new data in the next couple of weeks that's specific to how to manage a remote environment where people are opening accounts online. And the reason for that is many of our institutions, many institutions that are smaller community institutions, They don't necessarily do true straight-through processing. They have an interaction point, right, where you might apply online and then go in and somebody's got to call you or you've got to finish the process. Many of them don't have like best practice processes behind that to really be super competitive if you couldn't walk into a branch. And so we're literally publishing a new training video and sequence about that so the whole industry sees what we see working at some institutions, which is super cool. That is super cool. Speaking of which, tell me about Thinking Outside the Vault, which sounds like a really great resource at just the right time. 
Yeah, outside the vault, basically, we have one of our content writers at Garver that hosts it. And we try and just bring relevant content to that to talk about what's going on in the economy, consumer behaviors, what's going on with products, little things like how do you manage a falling rate environment if you're an institution. Outside of that, the combination of the podcast research is totally anonymous consumption. And then my favorite part of the exchange is we started a thing called Digital Roundtable. And they're video invites only. We only accept about 15 or 16 people in them at once. And it's not like a webcast. It's not like a presentation or sales. It makes the sales team crazy, right? Because it's such great engagement. But we don't push our products or sell in there. And the whole purpose is that we've done tons of events over the years. And the number one thing that all of our clients have always said is, oh, we'd really like to talk to one another more. And so we basically curate three or four pages of research and content about a topic, publish the topic, people sign up for it, and one of our experts shows up and just facilitates. So they can talk to one another, like what's working in Iowa, what's working in your small town, what's working in a downtown, and so rich. We just literally record it just like we're doing today. We use a transposition service and that transposer sends all the notes back to the participants. So they have best practices and what they heard. It's really great. It's my favorite one to do. Kasasa had this incredible event that was supposed to be taking place this week, Kasasa Nation. Give me a recap of what was going to happen and how you are trying to repurpose it to help people. You're right. Today is actually the last day of Kasasa Nation. We were supposed to wrap up at noon. We had both knowledge sharing and education, which now we're actually moving into the exchange. So where we started talking about the exchange, we're actually putting it into a page sort of like the Kasasa Exchange. But now it's the event formerly known as Kasasa Nation. If you've ever been to an event like that, when we release products at our events, you sort of pick and choose what you like. We've heard from the institutions we work with that they just don't have the mental capacity to take on all of that right now. So what we've done is reordered everything. We've started with our online account opening. Right after that, we put another digital offering in, which is a non-interest income like e-commerce portal. They don't even have to have people come into their institutions and the institution makes money off of it. It's fantastic. We want to make sure they have time to consume it, understand what's going on in their business because it is changing there too. And that these things probably align with what they're going to be seeing, right? Uh, An ability to do business remotely, transact more business remotely, even to talk about loans. But that starts sort of after they understand like what their balance sheet looks like in deposits. And I think that's going to take a month or so here to work itself out. True to the name of your own podcast, you are thinking outside the vault here. Want to give a quick plug for the podcast and to the Kasasa Exchange as well. Lots of resources there when they are most needed. We get benefit out of that too, because of course, everybody that registers, we know who they are. We've spoken to them. We have a little relationship face-to-face on video. I actually, as a leader, needed some help recently. And I just sent an email out to a hundred folks that I had had on roundtables over the last few months and just said, hey, I need some help. I need some market research. I need people to volunteer to just listen and tell us what you're thinking about these things. It was super informative for us, very informative for them. And it's just a really good partnership to share and gain in that knowledge. That's what the exchange is about. It is, I guess, unbiased in many ways, right? Because we specifically don't put sales messages in that content, right? It is specifically about, let's make sure that we're just disseminating good information that we know so that everybody can be more successful. And we share them. Tell us some things you would want to share that are bedrock principles businesses need to be thinking about going forward in the financial services space. 
Yeah, there's a few of those that are really, really important. And I'll start just on the acute nature of what we're going through. Go ahead. The greatest generation was shaped. I actually remember my grandmother who lived with us growing up telling me about the Great Depression, right? I know for sure the way that it shaped her financial behaviors. By the way, the greatest generation is the most conservative money managers in the history of the United States until the millennials. Wow. I did not know that. They were. They were very cash oriented. They're actually the driver for the bond explosion, right? They wanted something super secure. The second group that was really heavily impacted by events around them outside of that would be a group like the millennials who are also extraordinarily conservative. And what they saw was their parents' 401ks and retirement plans melted down, right? Yep. They saw that for years. They are actually equally as conservative in their behaviors as the greatest generation was. And then you have people like me who are sort of that Gen X group that are latchkey kids, right? Very independent, very knowledge seeking, and very curmudgeonly. As a general rule, we believe there's a catch to everything. Those things, right, shaped how we all interact with financial services by either acute or chronic environmental stimulus. That's happening today. What we have right now seems extraordinarily acute today, but what's happened was it immediately forced on the consumer a questioning of, you were about to do something, are you still about to do that thing? Did it change what your next step in a purchase behavior is? Did it change what your next step in interacting with your financial services group is? And will it change what you expect in the future? And I believe the answer to that is absolutely yes. We've been monitoring the data of consumer behavior on this since before everybody started going shelter in place, you know, somewhere around March 7th. Weekly statistics on account openings, searching for open accounts online, searching for banks near me, searching for loans and rates and seeing what the behaviors are. It's super interesting that consumers are rapidly moving to an online environment with lots of online applications going. Right now, we're up 44% just over last week across our 900 institutions. It's a huge difference. 44%? Yeah. And it's not because the banks and credit unions aren't open. Many of them are open, but they're open by appointment or their drive-thrus are open. And it's simply a little different contact mechanism. And so someone has to do something, right? And it's unusual for them. And so they have to go and say, I have to call and set an appointment to go into my bank, which is unusual, right? Or I can just try and do it online. Either way, it's a new behavior. And that's happening really rapidly. And I think that the risk in community financial institutions, personally, long-term, is that if you don't move rapidly to fulfill that demand, consumers will find that they can trust someone, and maybe it's you, maybe it's not, to meet their needs right now. And that will be so easy for them when they pick a good provider that it just accelerates the shift away from community institutions if they don't have the technology. And we surveyed last week, I think it was 1,100 consumers, and one of the questions was, Before the COVID lockdown, were you planning to make a major financial decision such as opening an account or a new loan? 15% of the people we surveyed said yes. They had planned to do one in the next 30 days. Now, since COVID and your lockdown, how many of you still plan to make that transaction in the next 30 days? The number was 9%, which means they got up to speed pretty rapidly and still plan to make a financial transaction, and they're going to figure out how. So that's the big consumer shift. This is either a perilous time for community banks or it's a time of opportunity. How can they respond to meet consumers where they are, and what are some action steps that that might involve? 
for us, one of the things that we did just to make it easy for institutions was if you don't have a really good online account opening, now it's going to show more than ever. There's all these like gotchas that slow down the consumer experience. Whereas if you pull up a chime and you take a picture of your ID, you have an account in like three minutes. The key for everyone is to get frictionless, fast as possible, open the account and then serve the consumer. That's what they want to know. And if community banks, any bank can get frictionless at this point in time, that is going to be tremendous for consumers who, let's face it, can't even get to the grocery store easily these days. Oh, yeah. Like I said, we have an account opening product that we have partners with, and it can take a couple of months to install and get it like perfectly set up in your core. I would say that now is not a time for perfection. And I'm a little biased in this because I feel like no one, at least no one I've talked to, wants to have to restart their momentum from scratch, right? And if you shoot for perfection, it takes a while. Even one of our products, we literally cut it down to where in the next two weeks, we'll launch and open an account in an app for any institution we work with. And we can literally like send them that information to the institution. Now, it's not integrated to their core yet. They still got to do some work. But candidly, they have a whole bunch of people that used to work in the branches that aren't doing any work, right? So let's put them to work. Let's get it stood up in a week and a half instead of two and a half months so that the consumers can find you and they can do good work. And then we will continue to install it and make it perfect as things normalize. Those things are just critical right now. Absolutely. Good business, good sales is at its heart good service. And what better time than now to serve people when there's so much need. Really appreciate the time that you've taken today, the insights that you've shared. Keith, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. It was really great. I really appreciate the time and I look forward to having you on Outside the Vault too. Oh, I can't wait. Great. Thank you very much. It was wonderful to talk to you guys. Keith Brannon is the Chief Marketing Officer of Casasa based in Austin, Texas. You can look for Keith on LinkedIn and Twitter. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. This week, Bankadelic is also pleased to announce a second sponsor joining us, Quantic. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if the word in Esperanto for learning is casasa. And I want to know, maybe you want to know, I hope you want to know, what did we learn today on Bankadelic? To find out, here we go with another round of three bullet points. Number one, 
Number one thing that all of our clients have always said is, oh, we'd really like to talk to one another more. And so we basically curate three or four pages of research and content so they can talk to one another. Like what's working in Iowa? What's working in your small town? What's working in a downtown? Number two. Weekly statistics on searching for open accounts online, banks near me, phones and rates. It's super interesting that consumers are rapidly moving to an online environment with lots of online applications going. Right now we're up 44% just over last week across our 900 institutions. It's a huge difference. Number three. If you don't have a really good online account opening, now it's gonna show more than ever. There's all these like gotchas that slow down the consumer experience. Whereas if you pull up a chime and you take a picture of your ID, you have an account in like three minutes. The key for everyone is to get frictionless, fast as possible, open the account and then serve the consumer. That's what they wanna know. And now, lose views. Beyond a mere takeaway, Keith Brannon gave us a theme today from which we can take off. It's this. The best and the brightest of us will put skin in the game first and offer up the resources, the information, and the connectedness that will help us survive and thrive. In a time like this, it's all about relationships. And that is, in truth, what we mean when we say we're all in this together. That is, we're in this together relationally. You've no doubt heard that the Chinese symbol for crisis is also the same one that means opportunity. And we have an opportunity to foster healthy, positive, sound relationships that will impact our bottom lines, help hurting consumers, and help our economy, our financial institutions, and our small businesses recover when we reach the other side. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and find me sheltering in. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Karma Productions Worldwide, Chicago.